Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Pretty lady, 100 bar. No, no. 80 bar. 60 bar. Pretty lady, real elephant. 60 baht. Missy, yes, sir. Really, double Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, this is the Really 007 podcast, and this is a, a special, a very special episode because we are being joined by long, long ago from Thailand. Would you believe it? This is the boy who you might know as the Elephant Boy from the Man with the Golden Gun. Now, Siam is here with us. Siam is obviously gro- all grown up now, many years on, and he's still living in Thailand. And we're here to talk to him about his wonderful story about filming. James Bond with Roger Moore and about his life since. So, good afternoon. Is it evening there, Siam? Six, yeah. We have with us Siam, and we've also got Rusty, his good friend, who is, is able to translate into Thai for him, just to make it a lot easier for everybody to speak. It's wonderful to see you, Siam. Great to see you. Yeah. <laughs> we've also got John with us and Math from the podcast, and we've also got Hello. John Orty from Behind the Stunts, who is another big Bond fan, a big fan of you as well, Siam. So we're all here very excited to speak to you. Okay, well, he's very excited also. This is only his second appearance yeah, ever. Man. He's oh, apologizing wow. that he's, his appearance is quite old these days. <laughs> he's very old. Happens to us all. I shouldn't worry about it. <laughs> he says that time he was like 14 years old, and it's almost 50 years later. He's, he's 63. He'll be 64 next month. Wow. Oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. I wanted to speak to you as well, Rusty. How, how did you track Cyan down after all these years? Well, it was just kind of like a labor of love. Actually, I'm a private investigator by, by <laughs> profession. So every now and then I'll do something just for the fun of it. I've been here in Thailand for over 30 years. And 
I've thought about the movie every now and then and, and seen some of the locations. And I just thought to myself, you know, it's during COVID, I didn't have much to do. So I decided to uh, track him down. And it wasn't that uh, easy because he's not even credited in the film. Yeah, I found him. I showed up unannounced to his house. And uh, that was it. We've, we've become friends since then. He's saying he remembers almost everything from that day, except for the lines that he was given because <laughs> he didn't speak English and he doesn't speak English now. And they, they wrote it all out phonetically. Just had him read it. So first of all, how, how were you picked? How, how did you come to oh, be At the time, he was a street urchin, just like his role. He was looking after cars in a parking lot for tips, opening doors for people and you know wiping the windshields. He was approached by an Englishman he refers to as uncle. We don't know his name or who he was, but he was an elderly Englishman with a cane. And uh, he was staying in the hotel uh, where Sayan was working in the parking lot. And one day he just came up to him and asked him, you know, can you swim? Have you ever been in a movie? You want to be in a movie? And of course, Cyan at that time would do anything for any amount of money. So he was like, yeah. I guess six or seven kids were initially recruited and they were all taken to the location on the day of the shooting. They were made to do a screen test. They all had to jump in the water and see how they uh, swam. And he was eventually chosen. So, uh, yeah, he didn't believe at first that it was a James Bond movie. Cast and the crew were staying, and he walks in the door, and there's Heve Villachez, and there are all these beautiful European models there. And, and at that point, he realized, this is for real. <laughs> a little guy wearing a, wearing a, a swim trunk side. <laughs> he was wearing a little tiny swim shorts by the pool of the hotel and all of the blonde bombshells from the Yeah, he's surrounded by girls and drinking booze and uh, having a great time. <laughs> yeah, so he, Hervé smiles at him, but they didn't uh, speak. Monsieur, good shooting. I've never killed a major before, but there can always be a first time. Oh, monsieur. But yeah, it was just he was plucked off of the street and uh, put into the movie. Everyone was very friendly and they smiled at him. The first time he met Roger Moore, he, he winked at him twice. He was taken to the set, which was at a Thai temple next to the, to the canal where it was to be filmed. And Roger Moore was sitting down there playing backgammon with a buddy of his, you know, shaking the, the dice and he had a cigar in his hand. And a brandy and the other. <laughs> and he just he looked over at Sayan and just winked twice at him, like, you know, we're in this together. And he was he was very friendly and nice, but very, very handsome. He struck him as being very handsome and very tall. Mm. That's what you say to him in, in the film, isn't it? You say you you are a very handsome man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had someone just off camera feeding him the line. Okay. Yeah. 40 baht, 50 baht, 60 baht. Yeah. <laughs> he just parroted it. And it's amazing they got such a performance out of him. But uh, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> there was someone sitting next to him, just like I am right now, feeding him the lines. And he would repeat them over and over again until he got it right. And then action, and then he'd you know, jump in the boat or jump in the water and remember the lines, yeah. Just do whatever they told him. Yeah, it was very uh, comfortable, very uh, very easy going on set. So he was, he was, he was quite, uh, quite comfortable. And they, they just said, please 
try to speak clearly and try to repeat exactly what we tell you. I wanted to ask, if I may, Roger says in his uh, his autobiography, uh, or the, the the diaries that were kept from that period of time, that going in and out of the of the clong had given him a, a cause to go to the to the doctor and, and get treated. I, I was wondering how long a period of time you were in and out of the water there was it was it a long time over a period of time? He says he was in the water for about half an hour at a time. And then he'd come up and, and dry off, and if they had to do another take, he'd, 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 but but he was used to this kind of living as a kid by the by the by the clones. He'd have the elephant with him, and they'd put it down, and he'd jump in the water, give him the elephant, and then you know, they had him swim like any kid would in the river at that time. No, he, he didn't get sick. No, I think he probably had a stronger constitution. Than exactly. Yes, that's what I thought. I suspected that he might have been. Uh, but I, uh, Roger Moore wasn't scripted to be in the water. I think he, he fell in. I believe so. I think that was the uh, that was the case. He may have inadvertently uh, gone in it and then looked at all the locals who were who were also using the the waterway for all manner of other considerations and and then decided that maybe he wasn't. He was a hypochondriac, of course. So the moment that somebody said you might catch something in there, he automatically had caught whatever he caught. So he went to go and see his doctor. But I was interested because obviously science, evidently from from what we're looking at on film, quite a period of time in the water so but he was used to that sort of surroundings and of course uh, with, with the waterway itself was it normally that busy i imagine that's a that's a, a main traffic route up um, and down there with boats obviously on the day of the filming they had it blocked off from, yeah. but yes it's a busy waterway it's it's the main Clung that leads from the river to the um, to the floating market where the scenes with the elephant and the baby the baby elephant and Clifton James were filmed. So yeah, even today it's still quite busy. I was there yesterday just having a look around. It was the first time I was there, and there were still tourist boats going back and forth. But on on the day, he's saying it was completely controlled environment. So yeah, he wasn't in danger being run over by a boat or nothing. Good. I'm very pleased to hear it. <laughs> was there a lot of excitement in the local area that a James Bond film was had come had come there? That this huge franchise was was being you know filmed in this in this area. A lot of people came out to watch, and they didn't have any idea what was being filmed at the beginning. Uh, until they saw Roger Moore come out and then, then they had an idea. But Asayan told me at the time, he didn't even know that Roger Moore had taken over the franchise from Sean Connery. To him, Bond was Sean Connery. He hadn't seen Living with Die. Yeah, when, when, when they weren't filming, Roger was you know, off, off a little bit to the side and, and, the, and the local people couldn't see him. So most of the time they couldn't tell what was, what was going on. But, but he told me earlier that um, he knew who Roger Moore was from The Saints. No, he didn't know that Roger Moore had mm. taken on the role at that time. Right. Roger Moore was often uh, like a dress in the room, but uh, he could see him when he walked past. So that's the first time he saw Roger Moore sitting there mm. yeah, playing back at him. But uh, yesterday I went to the site as well, and there was an old woman there, and I asked if she was there on that day. She said, yes, she was 17 years old. And um, she remembers it very clearly. It sounds like a very close community. You're referring to people who were there back in 74 and are still there now. 
There's a very close community along the sides of the Klon. It's basically a squatter community. These people have been there for generations. New people can't just go and set up there. But he said the same people who lived there in 1974 are, are still living there now. Wow. He's saying he can still go over there today. He thinks he might find people who remember him from, from that day. He's never been back since the day of the film. But, uh, it's quite far from his home. He's never been back to that uh, filming location. But I think I'm going to take him someday so he can point out the exact yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, where he saw Roger Moore and where he jumped in. Simon Templer. He, yeah, he knew, he knew Roger is, is Simon Templer. I'm surprised they haven't named that point on the clong after him. You would have thought by now, Cyan's the dipping point or somewhere of that nature. That's the, the place where okay, well, a little plaque uh, where he would have gone in. <laughs> he doesn't think that's <laughs> Even just to have this little bit of recognition now, he's, it makes him very proud. He, no one has talked to him about this in wow. 48 years. I think around 10 years ago, a James Bond fan, fan found him by accident. Mm -hmm. through one of the guys who's a friend of his named Dur, who was in the uh, the karate scene. Okay. He was one of the guys in white and he lived right across from Cyan and uh, they're still friends. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, we're going to go have dinner with him. Oh, nice. After the, I have not met, not met him yet, but he's still in the martial arts business. He has a, uh, a Thai boxing gym, but, but he was one of the guys and he actually showed me some of the photographs from the set that I'd never seen wow. before. Roger Moore was very playful with them and, you know, play guitar and uh, surrounded by the uh, the other actors. And uh, it looks like a very happy kind of set. It, it always struck me as, as fascinating how a movie like this, which is made back in 1974, and yet there's millions of people all around the world who who know and love the James Bond movies. And there, there are individuals who crop up in each movie who leave a lasting impression on, on you as a viewer. Well, certainly Cyan's brief moment on screen is definitely one of those moments. Roger talked about that for years, right the way through his life, uh, particularly when he, when he became a, a UNICEF ambassador, uh, because it was something that he thought was, was you know, quite peculiar that here he was an individual who was supporting the, the rights of children and yet he was seen in the film to push one in the clong you know so there was all of that yeah, I, going on i had on. read that, that that was one of the things that he regretted from yeah I'll tell you what, Sonny, I'll give you 20,000 baht if you can make this heap go any faster. 20,000 baht! I'm afraid I have to owe you. Bloody tourists! 20,000 baht! Yeah, he said it was all just for fun. It was just, uh, just performing. Oh, no, no, no absolutely. <laughs> So he, he says, you don't have to feel sorry for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all pretend. 
The first take, uh, he didn't know that he was going to be thrown in the water. So it was a genuine surprise uh, expression. Yeah, kept kept that well and truly to themselves. But it's it's fascinating that that you know we're able to talk to him now after all these years, and you could throw a stick and hit uh, you know twenty five people who would know his character and they'd know that scene because they're, they're fans of the film and they're fans of, and they probably have. And I, I also know this for a fact. There are many people who've seen the film have gone to Thailand and, and have come back with an elephant, you know, because, because of, of that. that particular sequence. So really it's, it's a, a, a lasting, a lasting, exactly. Well, yeah, and, well, they certainly got their money's worth out of it. Uh, he was only paid 250 baht for the day, which is at the time it was like $12. Much less than starting a speedboat and making it go faster. I must admit, I think he was <laughs> yeah, 20,000 baht, surely. Yeah, well, he got 250 baht and a speaking part. He had to do his own stunts. He had to spend the day in the in the water. I think they really uh, kind of took advantage of him. But it's 50 years ago. And, I, and that's why one of the reasons I helped him put up a website was to try to, to help him make some money from this fame uh, he lives in pretty humble circumstances by autograph photos and things like cool that. okay so what what is it that uh, that cyan i know i know there was he was doing some delivery driving and bits and pieces but has that been a constant throughout the rest of his career or has he has he diversified into into other types of income? he's basically a freelance delivery man all the people in the neighborhood know who he is if they need something delivered. The food vendors, if they need to send food to a customer, they just call him up and he'll deliver it up to 20 kilometers. So he'll deliver it for 150 baht, which is like $4. His father, his father did this kind of work before. He's, he's been a freelance delivery guy for about five years. Before that, he did some driving for Uber. So he knows the distances and across. But he doesn't drive for Uber anymore. Yeah, he was a messenger for a customs broker company, picking up checks, sending uh, documents. And before that, and back in the early days, he was um, like a manager in a, in a pool hall. This was quite soon after his role in the movie. He dropped out of school in seventh grade, and he was like uh, a denizen of the pool halls around Bangkok. And right. he ended up looking for one for a while. And he has a very interesting uh, life story. Uh, it was a very famous uh, pool okay. hall at the time in Bangkok called Rooks, R-O-O-K-S. R-O-O-K-S. R-O-O-K-S, yeah. So he was he, he managed the queue for the people who were who wanted to play play pool, and he was a very good pool player himself. Yeah, he likes to play pool. He's a good pool player. Was there ever the possibility of directional change after the film? I mean, did he, did he think, was he bitten by the bug of, of the whole making movies and, 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 and being part of that? Was that something that he could considered going towards maybe uh, uh, after, after working on the film? He was just a kid. He had no real deep thoughts, no, no thinking about the future. He was just hustling to make enough money to get through the day. This was just one thing he did to make money. And uh, he didn't consider to make it a career. Uh, he's, you know, a street kid from the very beginning and has just been uh, hustling for the last 50 years. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He has a family. He has a father and eight brothers and sisters. He's four of, four of eight, but it was a broken family. He didn't, never lived with his mother and father. Very poor. He was homeless at one point before the filming of the movie, sleeping on the steps of a movie theater. Basically, uh, you know, a, a difficult situation, a broken family. So he's been looking after himself from a very early age. He was kicked out of school for beating a kid up, for looking down on him, for being poor. And was kind of bumped around, you know, from uncle's house to brother's house. A very unstable family. Is it true that your own family didn't believe that you were in the film? <laughs> he says it's true. He came back at the end of the day. He said, "Hey, you know, I've been in a movie today." And they said, "Yeah, right." <laughs> yeah, maybe his family life lacked warmth and trust. And he was—he was a bad kid. He was—he was just a delinquent and prone to lying. And they didn't believe him. His parents never saw him in the movie. His parents never saw a movie in their whole lives. They'd never been in the theater, and uh, no one believed him. And no one saw him in the movie when it was playing. And only. Recently, since we have YouTube and can watch it anytime, do his brothers and sisters acknowledge that? Yeah, he was telling the truth. It was a broken family. He would come home from school. There'd be no adults there, no one to help him with his homework. He had no money to buy food at lunch. School. So from a very early age, he, you know, he would shine shoes on the street. He was he was begging at one point, charged with his own destiny since a very early age. Well, let's hope that this is the start of a second career then, because that would be great if we could, uh, if something could come of this, because it's about time that you'll recognize the way that other other individuals, other actors who worked in Bond. Pictures are, are recognized, so it's the, this is uh, this could be the start of something very big. He has a very Buddhist view of the world. No, even that he's getting some money now from these activities. He's, he's finally made that twenty thousand baht just today that uh, Roger Moore promised him back in the day. But you know, it's not. He doesn't consider it his money. He's going to give a lot of it to charity, a lot of it to the um, institutions that have helped him. He was very ill uh, many years ago. He had to have an open heart surgery, and he had zero money, no money at all. It was actually paid for by a charity organization. So he believes that you know people have helped him all his life, and when he gets money, it's time for him to return the favor. So that that is his, his plan. But but yeah, he's very happy to be recognized now. 
Yeah, he says the scars on his chest and on his abdomen. He's had he had surgeries. He had um, some congenital defects in his heart and his abdomen. But the only reason he's sitting here today is because people were generous with him. So that is his plan for the future. Whatever comes his way is, is to help others that might be in a difficult situation as he was. We're so grateful, Sayan. And, you know, there's so many millions of Bond fans who love you. Yeah. You must know that. I want you to know that, mm. Sayan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's very appreciative. Yeah. yeah, we'd be grateful if you could direct your listeners to the website. It's 007elephantboy.com. Yeah, we will. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Sayan will autograph a photo. He'll personalize it any way you want. If you're enjoying this episode of Really 007, find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download more episodes from iTunes, Spotify, or our new YouTube channel. Du bat bon love. Du bat boy, oi. Du bat bon love. Just going back to the, you know, the day of filming, how much of it was improvised, Siam? Were they making it up as they went along? <laughs> from his perspective, it was totally scripted. He didn't speak English, so there was no way for him to improvise. But what he saw, from what he, from what he saw, it appears to be everything by the script. He just spit back exactly what the uh, assistant put in his ear. Okay. And did the boat work? You know, when you, you fix it, you change the little screw thing and it zooms off. I assume that might have been a bit of movie magic. He just did whatever they told him. They said they told him to turn the valve, he turned the valve and when the you know the boat went off. So in different in different takes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, he, was, he was just totally following instructions and looking forward to getting his 250 baht at the end of the day. Yeah. They would demonstrate what they would want him to do once. And they'd, he'd, say, they'd tell him, you know, just do follow us, do exactly what we do, turn the valve. And uh, it was like a little robot. They went very quickly right into takes. So they would, they would prep him in advance and just get in the water. And they would just say, action. And that was it. You just, you just do it. And also, just to ask, as well as uh, yourself being an iconic character, there's also another one who appeared in a in like later on in that scene, Sheriff J.W. Pepper. Do you remember him? Do you know who I'm talking about? Did you meet him at all? <laughs> I, I've got the uh, the book here, the, the oh. Bond and Tyler book. So I'll show him a photo. In the film, he's there with his wife and he gets pushed into the water by an elephant. <laughs> oh, look, there's a picture there, look, on the John's put up. Look, there we are. That's that. Now I'm just holding up a picture of yeah. the Clifton James in character as J.W. Pepper. I don't think he remember. No, he doesn't remember. <laughs> okay, no problem. Yeah. To film no it problem. separately. Yeah. yeah. He, he says he remembers Chevy Villachez very clearly because, yes. was, you know, his size, but he, he doesn't remember Clifton James. It wasn't someone he recognized. So. He recognized Hervé Villachez and he recognized Roger Moore. When it came across Roger Moore, it was like, you know, a shock because this is a guy I've seen on the screen. It's always interesting that everybody remembers Hervé Villachez, and yet, Cyan, you've probably been about the same size, I would have thought back then. You pair of you would have separated at birth. It was about the same size. He was really excited to see 
and Roger Moore. Because he knew them very well. And Hervé was about his size. He's been a small kid, a small guy ever since he was a kid. Quite bad health. He was, he was 14 at that time, but still quite small. 14. Wow. That's, uh, I never thought, I, uh, you, again, that's, you've just answered another question there because you assumed that, that looking at the footage, he would have been seven or eight or nine, maybe, but 14 is actually quite yeah, old. Was 14, and, uh, quite small. Right now, his height is only 159 centimeters. He's, he's always been small. So working with Roger Moore, you mentioned Roger again there. How was he as a person? Was he a nice man to, to work with? He was very nice. I mean, basically, he walked by the place where Roger Moore was sitting there playing backgammon with his friend. And he didn't have to look up or acknowledge him at all. But Sian walked by and kind of started and said, oh, it's Roger Moore. And Roger Moore kind of turned to him and smiled, big smile, and, and winked at him twice. And uh, Sian says, if he wasn't a nice guy, he wouldn't have even bothered to do that. But no, he was very warm and... There are also a lot of photographs taken on the set of Roger Moore with a lot of the extras looking very happy and warm. He's a gentleman. Uh, he got a very good impression from Roger Moore. A very, very warm impression. That's good to hear. I also believe that um, the production crew presented you with some some clothing at the end of, of shooting. Is that right? Uh, this was before the shooting. Oh, I see. Before but before the shooting was even mentioned, um, the old guy with the cane, yeah, Sayan had gone to beg from him. He said, you know, give me 10 baht, right? Ah, yeah. Hey, hey, you, give me 10 baht. Hey, you, hey, you, hey, you, give me 10 baht. <laughs> this guy said, well, there's a department store here. Let me take you and buy you some clothes because, you know, he was in tattered, dirty clothes. He bought him two pairs of Levi's, two shirts. And a pair of shoes, U.S. Masters shoes that look kind of like Converse. Wow. And this was before anything was mentioned about uh, the filming at all. It was only the next day where he saw him again in the parking lot and said, hey, can you swim? You want to be in a movie? So he, he, he bought him these clothes and told Sian, okay, you wear these clothes tomorrow at 9 o'clock. I'll take you to be in a movie. And the next morning at 9 o'clock, Sian showed up wearing the, you know, the bright new clothes, and he took him to the Narai Hotel, which was where all the cast and crew were staying, and that's where he met Hervé um, Villachez for the first time. It's fascinating to find out who this person was. I'm, I'm imagining it's a casting director, but uh, I, I'm, I'll double-check it and see if we can come up with a name before the yeah, end. He says he was quite an old man, Englishman, he assumes, was uh, had a cane, he walked with a cane, but he was not staying at the Narai Hotel with the rest of the cast and crew. Right, okay. He was staying at the Indra Hotel, which is where Simon was working in the parking lot. So we, we don't have any idea what his name was or who he was. This guy spoke Thai, so maybe he was a local fixer. Oh, maybe a local fixer, right. Okay. So the guy was wearing a cap, had a cane, was quite elderly, took him to the Narai Hotel, introduced him to one of the production assistants, asked him to sign his name on a pay voucher. It was 250 baht for the day. He got paid that day, even though uh, they didn't film that actual day, they filmed the next day. And um, then he never saw this guy again. So it must have been a local fixer, someone who was recruiting local extras or uh, talent for the film. That was, that was the last time he saw him. 
Uh, yeah, it wasn't until the second day, uh, the next day after he uh, showed up at the hotel wearing his clothes, that uh, the actual filming took place. Right, okay. And, uh, he, he never saw the uh, recruiter again. And actually, he went back to the hotel and tried to find him, but, but he had checked out. So. What about Cyan's reaction to seeing the film for the first time? I mean, how, how did that happen? Was that at an event or was that elsewhere? Or did you not see it until many years later? At the time, he had no idea what the movie was called or when it was coming out. There was no contact after the filming with, with anyone from the production. So he actually... When the movie was shown in Thailand, he wasn't even sure that it was the one he was in. He just went in to see this James Bond movie, and uh, there he was on screen. Yeah. Yeah, he had no idea going in that he was going to be on the screen, so it was a total shock to him. He was friends with the movie um, theater manager, so he always got to go in and see the movies for free. And uh, no, there was no fanfare. It was just a uh, complete coincidence. Even when he was filming, he did not know it was a James Bond movie. They didn't tell him anything about what was going on. He, he saw Roger Moore and he thought in his head, okay, that's Simon Temple. So he was not given any background on what was, what was taking place and what he was getting involved in. And he just showed up to see this movie just out of... Uh, yeah, he just followed the instructions and no one told him anything. And, and then another day he was just at the movie theater and the manager invited him to come in and see the movie and there he was on screen in a James Bond movie. So he was a street kid around the indoor theater. The manager always let him in for free. And that day he didn't even know what he was going to see when he went to the theater. But it was a James Bond film, and then his his uh, the scene shows up on screen. So it was, it was amazing. He was just a slum kid, a street kid. Didn't know anything about anything. The people in the theater didn't even know that it was, it was him. Yeah. He, was just, he was just a slum kid. He was only after the money. You know, if he, he made enough money to get it through the day, that was his goal. And he really didn't care about anything else. Absolutely fantastic to hear all these stories, Cyan. It's so amazing. I, I just wondered before we go, can you, can you remember any of your lines from the film? We, we'd love to hear you speak those lines if you can remember them. <laughs> he doesn't remember any of the lines. He just remembers something about an elephant. And it was just in one ear and out of his mouth. He had no idea what he was saying. <laughs> to him, it was just sounds. So, so no, he doesn't. He doesn't remember the exact lines. Yeah. One, one of them was he. he says, Bloody tourist, doesn't it? 
Bloody tourist. 20,000 baht, bloody tourist. He says he doesn't remember. <laughs> Body toilet. It's his actual voice in the film. I was wondering if it maybe was dubbed over. Huh? No, it is his voice. They made him repeat the uh, lines like a hundred times before they ran the cameras. It's over and over and over repetition. And then it was action and he just went in and repeated it. It's just like when people ask him to personalize his autograph photos. I give him what they want to see in English. Bloody tourist, 20,000 baht. And he's just writing letter by letter. He doesn't really understand what it all means. It's just, um, it's, it's just uh, repetition. <laughs> I want to thank you for this, Sian. We could go on because mm. there's so many amazing things you're telling us. It's been a real joy and a pleasure to speak to you. And like we say, Bond fans all around the world will love to see you. They'll love to see that you're how you're getting on all these years later. And they'll also want to donate to your charity as well. They, they would like to support you with that. So we will we will put that out to our channels and we will make sure that people know where to where to support you, Cyan. But from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you so much for this. We really do. He's also thanking you for taking interest in him. And uh, he's sorry if he can't remember everything because he was just a kid a long time ago. Not at all. Dear me, no. It's been wonderful. Been wonderful, yeah. Thank Thank you so much, Diane. And thank you. Thank you very much. It's been amazing. Yeah, no worries. Do you want to talk again? Just let me know. Send me an email. Yeah, well, we might have to, might we? After all this. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe there'll be an opportunity to meet one day. Yeah, Maybe some uh, convention or something to invite mm, to join. That would be wonderful. We would love to see you. In yeah, the 50th anniversary is coming up in uh, yeah, a couple of years. So yeah. mm, in yeah. a couple of years, it will be. Very right? happy to meet this band. Yeah. Mm. Thank you very much, both of you. We wish you well. Yeah, thank you. We thank you for your amazing part in the James Bond world. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank, thank you. you. Okay, see you guys later then. Really the best. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.